welcome to Counter Press with me, Flo Lloyd Hughes. Today I'm joined by the West Ham goal machine. Kate Longhurst, uh, one touch Kate, if we're going to yeah, call her now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the brains, Je- Jesse Parker Humphreys, oh. Oh, stumbled across the brains. Oh, whoops. And um, producer Becky. And the beauty. And the beauty. <laughs> Sorry, the beauty. <laughs> beauty in the brains, uh, producer Becky. Um, before we get into any football, all rise, Jill Squat. Yeah. Boy. Queen of the jungle. Love Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I like... The thing is, she was the favourite from day one, even before the show even started. But I was getting quite concerned about how far Matt Hancock <laughs> was getting. The British public doesn't have a great voting yeah. record no. generally. So. I was getting quite worried when he was in the final three, like maybe it's not going to happen. Was also quite concerned that Helen Hardy posted a tweet about sticking 100 quid on Jill Scott to win. I thought, bloody hell, that is confident. I mean, there was no, there was no moment that I didn't think she was going to win. For the moment she got announced, I was like, yeah, she's going to win it. Yeah, she was straight in favourite. And you she's also an thought... She's a legend. She she kind of is... She's well-known enough outside of women's football as well because sometimes athletes go into that and they've been like in the Olympic Games or Paralympics and they haven't yet kind of like transcended into the general public consciousness. But Jill Scott is so high profile that if you didn't know about it, you would have known about her after the Euros final mm. when... Yeah, I she, think it was that moment. That, I that don't moment. know how well she'd have like got out before I think she that. Is, but... I think she's quite well known because she's been playing for so long. I feel like she's kind of like a... I think you live in a women, women's football I'm bubble. I'm just in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it was but just... But the important thing is now she is well known. Yeah, Definitely. That's true. She's basically the biggest celebrity in the UK. That's how it works, <laughs> well, right? That, that's what I was thinking. It's like, what does she do next? Obviously, she's got the coffee shop. Yeah, she's got a huge platform now. It's so exciting. We get to see more of but her. But is she going to go on Loose Women? Like, what is the <laughs> oh vibe going to be? What is she, she going to come next? on this podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're we backed try her last yeah. week. Yeah, we're going to try and get her on. It can that be her first interview out. I feel like we're important enough. But I'm what? afraid she's been on Good Morning Britain this morning. Has she? Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she's yeah. been doing all the ITV things this morning. Kate, if you were Jill, what would you be looking to do? Ooh. Apart from Loose Women. <laughs> um, if you I had... ITV at your fingertips <laughs> what would you do I think any game show I'd just be like yeah. get me on there now I think she'd be good at presenting a show actually yeah. I wish Jilly was here today because I know she'd want a cameo in EastEnders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she would want yeah I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what she does next um, hopefully you know Box to Box is going to go nationwide the coffee shop and there's going to be a chain it's going to be every single service station because yeah I mean, finally. Her coffee shop is going to be rammed. I know. Just people wanting to see her. And I've actually been, I went once because I was in Manchester a week before the Euros filming something at Old Trafford and I had like a morning to kill and I was like, might as well go down to Jill Scott's coffee shop. Had a wonderful chat with Shelley, absolutely <laughs> iconic hun. And it was so classic. It was like me, a Londoner, sitting outside drinking my coffee and Shelley comes out and we just talk about like the weather and life for 20 minutes and I was like Cat, people are really friendly up she's north she's gone from football wag to I'm a celebrity queen of the jungle wag that is just elevation oh, there's levels to this game Shelley Unit is the real me. winner here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah look forward to seeing what happens right now onto the football because we've got to talk about Kate's goal um, and thank Thanks to the person that was sitting or standing behind the goal and filmed it on their mobile phone. So we all got to see it this morning because going to get on to the lack of Conti Cup coverage in a little bit. But Kate, we talked about one touch finishes and you bloody did it again. It's all I've got in the locker. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a pretty good thing to have in the locker. I know. It doesn't normally count in the Conti Cup. I have scored off two touches in the Conti Cup oh, before. So, no. But 
I mean, Reset maybe I can curse. take it next week. We've got Jilly's team next week. Liverpool, oh. so. Counterpress Derby. Counterpress Derby. I know, yeah. Also, I didn't realise it was West Ham's last home game of the year. Which seems a shame because you've still got quite a few games left. I know, I got some Christmas presents off the fans yesterday. Oh, what'd you get? Tell us. I haven't opened them yet. Oh, yeah, true, sorry. It's not December yet. Yeah, sorry, I didn't think about that. But yeah, it's weird. It's like November and we're just, we're not back at home. But two two journeys aren't too bad. Yeah, Uh, what are you... Tottenham away and Brighton away in the Conti Cup. Okay. Before Christmas. That's not too bad. And then obviously Liverpool next week. Yeah. Well, we also need to shout out Jilly, who got some uh, very lovely oh, very little cute. cards from some fans wishing a Merry Christmas. So I think one fan even gave her a hug and said, Really sorry that you've been receiving some bad stuff on social media, which was very heartwarming to see. Um, Kate, your side got a massive Conti Cup win over Birmingham. <laughs> um, but we, I want to ask about your celebration as well, because whoever <laughs> filmed whoever filmed the uh, the goal, uh, which was, you know, actually not bad footage for a mobile phone. I thought you were going to be like, that's actually not a bad goal. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, they also got your, like, kind of strange celebration, where you kind of, like, dropped to your knees and then were just like, what? and then just got up again. I was worried for your knees, yeah. I've got to be honest. Well, no. Explain it, what happened? I was just taking the piss. I always love seeing people do knee slides, but I, I can never do a knee slide. Like, I would just be, like, stretched off or something. Mm, yeah. So I thought, why don't I just slow down and just do the most <laughs> pathetic knee slide in history? Because it's not, like, a huge goal or anything yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, if it's the FA Cup final, I'll probably yeah. bring something a bit more to the table. But, yeah, uh, yeah I thought, why not try a little pathetic <laughs> knee slide? And it was I about two it. inches off the floor. And <laughs> then I thought, I better get up because people might think I'm being serious. <laughs> Had you, had you planned that for your next goal? No. You were just like, what do I do now? Do you honestly think I plan celebrations like I score one a year? I don't know. You I never know. I would plan every single yeah, one. Yeah, I would, I would definitely plan it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't plan it. But um, Next time you score, can we have a counter press? You know, yeah, like, let's you do know, like, like a CP Yeah, thing. in the Men's World Cup when the Australian squad needed that cute little thing for each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, adorable. Yeah. I can't can you spell out everyone's name. So I'll be like... <laughs> Need some kind of hard. Need some some kind of. It's hard to do with one. That's kind of it. I'll get someone else to join in. Yeah, the C and they can do the P. If you score against Liverpool, you can. Jilly, can you just? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Get Jilly involved. Exactly. Um, This is a win for everyone in Counterpress, so you can't be mad. The Conti Cup is such a funny one, though, because what's that kind of like riddle or famous saying where it's like, if a tree falls in the woods (laughs) and nobody hears it, did it fall? No, that's not it. What is it? Who knows? Jesse, you're the brains. I don't know. What is it? If a tree falls and no one's around to hear it, it, does it make a noise? Oh, okay. Well, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So my version for the Conti Cup is... profound in here. If a goal is scored in the Conti Cup, but no one can watch the game. <laughs> Did it happen? Essentially, is what I, what I wanted to ask because I feel every single season I always am asked by an editor to write the same piece, which is like, does anyone care about the Conti Cup? <laughs> and every single season I'm like, I don't think so, but I don't hey, know. I care about the Conti Cup, and I think the lack of coverage just adds to the mystery. <laughs> Who knows <laughs> what happens in anything? Suddenly, two teams turn up in the final. <laughs> How did they get there? Nobody we can't say. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's it's obviously like a really uh, like in in terms of the history of the women's game and like the history of the women's FA Cup and how kind of uh, celebrated it is and also it's just such an iconic trophy and now the finals at Wembley and all this kind of stuff. 
The Conti Cup is only now, what, 12 years old, I think. I think it started in 2011. So it's not got this quite the same, you know, je ne sais quoi about <laughs> it. Um, it's got pretty much, like, no prize money. The group stages are not, like, a vibe. And obviously the Champions League teams, the bigger teams, aren't involved as well. I don't know, I just, every single year I'm like, oh, what would freshen up the Conti Cup? And then I just never find the answer. <laughs> um, there weren't really any upsets over the weekend, I think Lewis beating Palace was quite a, a big one, 4-1 I think it was. Charlton being Bristol City, a bit of an upset. But apart from that, I think look down every single result, Liverpool beating Blackburn 1-0 and it pretty much went with the favourite or whoever's like higher in the table, WSL Championship, whatever. I just whatever. still don't understand how it works. Like the, there's like penalties all the time, right? It's like group stages. Yeah, so if you have to win. I was thinking in the world, during the World Cup group stages they should do this actually. <laughs> I was thinking that last night. You get night. an extra point if you win your penalty shootout. Yeah. And West Ham had an absolutely mega one oh, yeah, the other week. We were literally yeah. like, oh, we go. <laughs> 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 well, everyone keeps scoring and then when one would miss one would miss and you're just like That's oh just make it in just throw it's like it. so I felt so much... sorry for the social media person but I was refreshing <laughs> it's so much drama as well having a, a group stage penalty shootout because it's like so exhausting and like you want like I want to ask you Kate what does it feel like you know like West Ham have been being involved in FA Cup penalty shootouts to get to the final at Wembley what's it feel like being in a Conti Cup penalty shootout like is there any, like, if someone misses, is it like, oh, it's going to be okay, man? Like, are there tears? Or are you just like, no, oh, Conti Cup, what's he, what you going to do? Like, yeah, I'm, well, our penalty shootout was the first game. Right. So we're kind of like, well, it's still, still in our hands if we win both yeah. games. Yeah. Um, unless London City won on the penalties and then it'll be in their hands, I guess. Um, so it wasn't like a stressful environment. Like, when I took my penalty, I wasn't in the no, same place as when I took my penalty in the semi-final. Yeah. But I did miss both. <laughs> so what I've learnt from this is I'm never going to put my hand up and say, I don't mind taking one. So yeah, it's, are you, it's are not you, about Are the... you always someone that's like, I'll take one, but now you're like, I'm not sure? I'm always, if no one else wants to take it, I'll be happy to take one. Okay. But I would never be like, I'm definitely taking one because yeah. I know I'm not very good at them. In, in the West Ham group, who are the real keynotes for pens? Um, Dagny, well, Dagny's uh, yeah. our penalty taker. Yeah. Uh, Mel Phyllis, and then that's where it ends. <laughs> Everyone. Mackenzie took a really good penalty, actually. But we look around. I was like, Risa, and she's like, no, no, Connor, no. <laughs> like, no one wants to take her. Like, our forwards don't want to take her. I mean, I, that's me. I would shirk anything like that pressurised. Oh, yeah. I, I did one penalty shootout when I was at QPR. We had a penalty shootout against Spurs in the League Cup, one of the like Middlesex County Droke Cups. And I was like, literally walked down there and pitch like, see you later. <laughs> and then my friend missed and I was like, oh, so sorry for you, mate. It's so tough <laughs> it's out tough. there. It's I was tough, no, it's getting tough. nowhere near that. No, it's so scary. Yeah. Even like a, like a, just a random cup competition. No way. It's sickening. The first 11 aside I ever played was like, it was the most ridiculous. It was like a friendly and it was run by this random guy who decided that we were going to do three 30-minute thirds instead of I mean Becky it, when we ran our, our football tournament in the summer it nearly was as chaotic as yeah, that yeah because I did the teams you were supposed to come up with the way that, the way that the tournament ran we and went, you did it terribly we were just freestyling I had to fix we, it we just, halfway through we were just freestyling anyway, like FIFA we were just coming up with new rules and formats I was so furious at Flo anyway <laughs> we played these three 30 minute thirds and then it was a draw so he was like yeah let's just do penalties and I missed, and I still think about it. <laughs> and that was like it was like four years ago. Did you five cry? Five years ago? No, I didn't cry. But like, 
it was a really bad penalty and I was really upset about it because we lost. Um, right, Jesse, you're the brains on this show. How? What would you do to make the Conti Cup more fun? Because <laughs> I know, bless the FA, they have tried, you know, like they've regionalised things, they've done the group stages, they've done penalties to try and like spice things up. But it feels like even though they, they create lots of ways to even manufacture upsets, and we do occasionally get a few like championship side stealing points inevitably by the time the semi-finals come along it's going to be four WSL teams and it's going to be probably the two best WSL sides apart from when Bristol City randomly made the final and got absolutely smashed it's normally like just follows even though they try and mix it up and make it fun it just seems to follow the same inevitable kind of like you know move like what what yeah, do you but think? is that that different to the FA Cup? That's normally um, what happens Yeah, then. but there's something still just something more romantic. fun. Uh, yeah, because it's not just between the Championship and WSL. So even like, do you remember last year, in like the fifth round, the quarterfinal, you had some third and fourth tier teams. It's well, in the fifth round. I think the thing that's the kind of fun about the Conti Cup is because it's regionally divided and because Manchester City didn't unfortunately qualify for the Champions League group stages, there's loads of good teams in the northern groups yeah. and then the southern groups is a lot more of like a fun free-for-all and there's championship teams who like might be able to get through from there so I do think that's fun I think they would create more excitement about around the Conti Cup if you could actually watch it yeah. like it's great obviously like people go and watch the teams in real and life and a few and that's clubs important. do their own live streams as well we yeah say, I know but like quite City rare. did it and then the FA player showed Villa Durham which wasn't the most exciting game ever um, but I think if you generally what we've seen with lots of versions of women's football is that if you show it, then people get more into it, it because yeah. it's hard to get excited about a game that you can only follow on Twitter. Mm. So I think that Even would go Even though we're on the edge way. of our seat waiting to see if Kate's going to take penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been there. But because I think the level of the championship and when we talk about more promotion, more relegation, blah, 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 we know the level of the championship is rising and I do think there's a gap going there, especially in one-off games, that means that the group stages could get more exciting. Mm. Even the fact that, yeah, West Ham had a mega penalty shootout with London City Lionesses. Like um, It is true, I suppose. We, we've been talking a lot about expanding the WSL and you know increasing the amount of teams relegated and going up, etc. And there is definitely a gap closing because of how much championship teams are investing. And the Conti Cup could be almost a good experiment to show like who's up to that level. But it's still... I mean, I, I want to have a look at some of the attendances as well because I there's a World Cup going on as well. It's not the best time. But it does feel like whenever it is a Conti Cup round, it kind of just gets forgotten about. Well, they're often midweek as well, yeah. right? So that also is never, like, is always going to make The next round is midweek next week. This weekend was, like, a great opportunity. And I don't know if the FA really took that opportunity in terms of the coverage. Well, they're too busy. Given. They're too busy folding over FIFA. <laughs> too so. busy painting things rainbow. <laughs> they haven't got enough <laughs> they time. They had to switch they to Wembley <laughs> Well, they have tried. Me, they do no. change the competition to try and make it more exciting. But I just, what I don't know if, is it, if it ever they'll ever be able to succeed because... Like, I understand it's a good... I think it's good to have as many cup competitions and play as much football as possible. And I know from when I speak to championship teams about it, they certainly think, like, the more games, the better for us because we hate having weeks without games and we also want to test ourselves against better opposition. So they want that. But also, it's like, there's still not much in it for them because there's, you know, they've got to pay their way, the expenses and the cost to travel to these games. And there's not really any kind of like romantic element in the But this FA is also true in men's football. You people say this get... about the League Cup though, don't they? Oh yeah, I just people think hate the FA Cup. I just think it's natural that there's 
like one you, competition that everyone doesn't really like. <laughs> yeah, it's like the youngest child. Like no one's parents yeah. likes it. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, like true. it's always something that's going to feel like the least exciting thing because the league's always going to come first. The FA Cup has this amazing mythology around it, and then at least the Continental Cup, I think, has developed its own kind of weird brand whether it is just because it gives points for penalty shootouts it needs like to go it needs to reach like arnold clark cup territory where it's kind of like a cult classic let's start some hysteria group. about yeah. the conti cup. it needs like a rebrand <laughs> it needs like a pr rebrand best cup competition they in put, the world maybe they should put arnold, us in charge maybe of the arnold clark should sponsor and it should be the arnold clark cup and instead of doing the international one do mitt turner because Con- continental ties have sponsored that trophy since the beginning we need a rebrand <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the answer I don't even know where the finals are going to be yet, but Kate, Conti oh, Cup, top of, your, top of your list for obviously getting to the final. Yeah, now that I'm joint top scorer. Oh, no, actually, Dagny scored too. I was going <laughs> to say joint top scorer, Damn. but no. Um, some other football as well happened in the past week. Women's Champions League. Uh, we went on Wednesday to Kings Meadow to watch a um, pretty not classic game between <laughs> Chelsea and Real Madrid. Um, Chelsea won. And then on Thursday, watched Arsenal draw with Juve. Um, I guess the moral of the story is for me, having watched those two WSL teams kind of muddle their way through matches and then watching... Sorry, I'm going to object to Chelsea being put in the same camp as Arsenal this (laughs) week. Sorry. I mean, neither of them were classic games. Yeah, but Chelsea Chelsea, at least won. (laughs) Chelsea did play better than Arsenal, I I will give you that. But then watching Barcelona against Bayern Munich... I I just felt like watching this Champions League this season, it just feels like no one can match Barcelona's levels right now. I know, but I would have said that last year until Same. the final. Like, yeah. I thought Barcelona were the best team in the Champions League last year, and then yeah, that's what happens. Um, I I know West Ham have haven't played Barcelona. But no, <laughs> close. But. but would you score a one-touch goal? Probably. Yeah. If they did? yeah. But what is it? I want to ask you, Kate. What's it like to play against those sorts of teams that do just have the ball for like seventy percent of the game and just like I mean, obviously it can be like that sometimes with Chelsea and Arsenal, but probably not to the extent that but Barcelona are. But what's it like playing against a team where you're just like chasing shadows? It's draining because <laughs> you're just. Uh, I actually find it more tiring just running side to side than if you're breaking forward and then yeah. getting back like over longer distances. When you're covering shorter distances, but constantly, oh, it's just demoralising, you know. And then you get the ball, and it's almost like you're so frightened to attack them <laughs> in case we lose the ball that you lose the ball because you're frightened to attack numbers and leave gaps, which which actually I think has worked better for us when we actually throw loads of numbers forward. They all have to get back in. So it's kind of like you've got to take risks to get rewards, mm. but you're so frightened of like, having like I don't know, being open and then all your hard work's done that you don't commit numbers forward, but then you just give it straight back to them and you're, you could be for, I don't know, 80 of the 90 minutes without the ball. So yeah, I was going to say, and Oli, Oli Harder, especially when he was West Ham manager, he was like very high pressing manager and like wanted you guys to chase the ball. That must have been mm-hmm. exhausting as well. But I prefer that. Yeah. I Like I said, I honestly think running longer distances to press and you actually win the ball, you're high up the pitch, is so much better than just sitting in a block 
and just shifting side to side. And to be honest, Paul, Con- Paul Koncheski doesn't want us to do that either. He wants us to be in their face, trying to win it off them. Because really, your defenders should be your worst players on the ball. So if you can press them, it doesn't matter how good you are, anyone that gets pressed, you're going to panic. So that's where we try and win the ball. But sitting in and just, I mean, I've been in teams where you just sit in and you go, oh, they're better than us. So let them have the ball in those areas, but they'll still find gaps. And then it might, say, if you're playing Man City, they're probably one of the better teams of possessing the ball. If then Lauren Hemp gets it and just takes someone on 1v1, they're in behind you anyway. You can't you can't deal with that. So, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it sounds strange. Horrible. Um, I think, I mean, Jesse, we were talking about this like as the game was going on because we were watching the World Cup at the same time, both of us. So, like, we weren't, you know, all eyes on, on Barcelona Bayern, but it did seem like... Bayern played their way into trouble sometimes. It could have been a lot worse. Barcelona did miss some chances as well in the in the, in the first half before it all kind of unravelled. But Barcelona still look pretty damn good. Yeah, I think the thing about this Barcelona team is that they can just hurt you in so many ways. Like the Claudia Pina goal against Bayern, which has Start, been like They started from their own back line, yeah. But for me, it just sums it up because it's like, it's all about the passing. Yeah. But in the end, Claudia Pina is still just taking a ridiculous shot yeah. from outside the area. And that's the thing, like, they've got the quality where they can break in behind, but say they're missing like they are at the moment, Carolina Graham Hansen, done a hamstring, they'll just score in different ways. And you can't give them any space on the edge of the box because all of their players, to a T, can score from there. You know, like... Uh, they played Atletico uh, on Sunday and Mapillon's like stepping up to take like a free kick and, and she's their centre-back. And okay, she's great from dead ball situations, but it just... She's no Kay Longhurst. To... <laughs> <laughs> but it just speaks to like a team that's just packed with, with not only high-level talent, but different types of talent. And I don't think we've seen Barcelona play as good this season as they did at points last season. But... I, they still look scary. I still think they're, yeah, head and shoulders above anyone else in the Champions League right now. But, I mean, I know it's just like recency bias, but there were still moments in the Champions League group stage last season where Leon looked better than they do now. Not saying that people thought they were going to beat Barcelona in the final. No way. But certainly this season, it feels like there is no one really playing at their best. I think Wolfsburg at, right are now. probably the closest but they drew with Roma so it's kind of hard but yeah. I definitely think Wolfsburg are a team who have all the pieces and they obviously did also beat Barcelona last year albeit with the caveat that they were already like 20 nil <laughs> down yeah, in the, from the first leg so it didn't matter um, but like Eva Pajor just looks ridiculous up front for them and I think it's really great to see her thriving and they've got you know I think the Roma game you can put a lot of that down to the fact that Lena Oberdorf's injured and once she's back I think if Wolfsburg and Barcelona meet, that could be Spicy. a really tasty match. But do you not think, I just feel like it's inevitably going to end up what happened to Wolfsburg last season? In what, the Champions you think League. they just get blown away yeah. again? I, I, think, because... I think they'll try and take them on and then, like Kate said, just leave so many gaps open and then just get absolutely torn to bits. I think the thing that's interesting to see how Barcelona deal with is that as time goes on and people play this Barcelona team, as good as they are, it's almost like what Kate's saying about some of the mental side. And I think even though they got absolutely spanked at the Camp Nou, they will still have taken something from the fact that when it went back to the Volkswagen Arena, they won 2-0. They will feel, I think, like they could beat that Barcelona team because that was still like a strong Barcelona team and they couldn't they couldn't score and they, they did manage to break them down. And I think what's exciting for that matchup is they're very different styles of play. Like Wolfsburg do have that kind of 
counter-attacking physicality and I think they could neutralise. They have the opportunity to go more direct, which is what Arsenal tried to do last season and it kind of unravelled. I want to talk about Claudia Pina's goal as well that you described briefly there because it has pretty much gone viral, I think, on the Zone's channels. But it was a ridiculous goal because it started uh, on Bayern's back line. Who was it that first picks up the ball, actually? Is it? I can't remember whoever picks up the ball, but it starts like right down the other end of the pitch, um, basically on the back line, and then within kind of like six passes or something like that, it cuts from the left to the to about thirty five yards out, where Claudia Pino just absolutely smashes it. I was about to say something else, smashes <laughs> it into the top right hand corner, um, and it was just an unbelievable goal. And what's funny is that like a lot of people would have only seen the clip of the finish but it's actually everything that happens before where they're just like boom 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 but boom, also boom. what's amazing and again probably speaks to how Barcelona just wear you down is the passes aren't perfect no. there's a lot where they're not there and the Barcelona player just gets there ahead of the Bayern player I think because Bayern were at, at that point just knackered and they'd obviously put so much into keeping it nil nil at half time and then kind of this is what happens with Barcelona as well all the time you see it they'll a team will keep them out for 50-60 minutes but then they just grind you down. They grind you down and then they'll score five in the last half hour. Like that's basically what happened to Atleti yesterday. Um, so that's why they're just such an exhausting team to to play against, I think, because they don't stop as well. And that's like testament to their mentality and Jonathan Geraldo's mentality, I think, that they're not a team who's like, okay, we scored one, we scored two, let's chill out. They're like, no, we will go for six, seven every single game. I feel like the best way to to manage playing against Barca, and I feel like Real Madrid came close to doing it, is just shit house, try and shit house your way to a result because you you just need to kind of like break up the play enough. And I feel like Kate, you might be able to talk about examples, not necessarily just shit house. Kate, you're a big shit house. Sure let's let's yeah. go over to our resident <laughs> no, shit house. You know what I mean? Where all you want to do is just stop them. So just break up the play and stop their rhythm. And just like, if you need to pick up a, a yellow card and also in women's football, like we all know that it's, it, it, you do have to do quite a lot to get a yellow. So mm-hmm. actually you can, like you can do more than say, you know, like Man City men became famous for, you know, Pep's way was always just like breaking up the opposition play. And now I think, men's football's kind of evolved where like it depends on the referee whether or not you're going to pick up bookings and how lenient they are but in women's football like you do have to do quite a lot to pick up a yellow so like for you is that quite a good method to go around it because that's what I would do I would just break up the play and just piss them off until you can try and like nick a goal Real Madrid came closer to doing it um last season wasn't it not in the Champions League um I don't know is that is that yeah, you've got to try and kill momentum where you can. Um, maybe like having different players making fouls, I don't know, not necessarily Sharing the same person around. because you will get <laughs> booked. But um, yeah, I mean, football purists don't like that side of things. But for me, it's like whatever gets you the best result, yeah, 100%. then I'm all for it. I'll yeah, do screw the I purists told. if you're going to get a result. I mean, Exactly. Because like, I think also a lot of people love to see juggernauts lose so if you beat Barca by doing that people would like think you're a genius I love a shit ass that's why yeah. I think this men's world cup actually has been missing I would like to see some more on the pitch controversy well that's a I mean one thing we've got to mention as well before Becky sets up for a perfect segue into some England USA discourse um Arsenal drawing against Juve without Beth Mead huge news on that injury which looks like pretty likely she's going to miss the world cup unless an amazing recovery. Um, Beth Miedema basically put in her 
Dutch column that she would miss. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The assumption is it's not going to happen unless you can. It's really know, a medical uh, medical marvel, but there's not quite enough time. Um, but it's just. It's just kind of terrifying how these things happen in like the space of an instant, especially with that sort of injury where it's always, it always is like kind of like minimal contact. It's almost something where like someone's not even pressuring you or it's not, it's not a contact injury. Something just happens and you know, your body moves the wrong way and then that's it. It's, I mean, okay, it obviously must be terrifying as a footballer as well because it's just like, you know, you can't, you can't plan for that. And then suddenly in a moment, like everything disappears. Yeah, you. I mean, you can't be thinking about that when you're playing because yeah, anything yeah. can happen at any yeah. time. Um, but it is really upsetting to see people. Uh, it keeps happening, doesn't it? It's repeating. Um, I think at the moment, something like there's currently in the WSL, I'm sure there's like 12 players with ACL injuries at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot a, around yeah, the world. I saw something on Twitter which was like, this is like uh, uh, the ACL best 11, 11 of ACL injuries like that could in like, the, in win, the past, the, win the league. In the past six months alone, there's been tons in the NWSL as well. Uh, in France, there's been so many. And I know there has been calls for research and some research done, but you can't. I don't think you can really make any conclusions yet. And also I think because women's leagues are quite small it's like obviously the the vast size of men's football it's hard to see a correlation it's just because like we're so focused on a small amount of teams I know there's been ACLs in the EFL I, there's probably been one in the Premier League it's just probably not a bigger team do you know what I mean it's like it gets lost but because women's football is a bit more like centralized in that way you're gonna hear about it yeah also it's like then is it because of like our bodies are different or is it because we have like far less resource like players in the championship are part-time and yeah I think it's, there's not you can't I think you you can't, you can't just say it's yeah. one factor yeah, yeah. right now which is what people want to know they want to know why it is happening in order to stop it happening but right now it's like oh well there's a little bit of research here there's a little bit of research there but it's uh, I think it's a whole host of contextual people factors. want a neat solution whether yeah, they it's want an because answer. women's bodies are different or whether because there's too much football or yeah but I definitely think yeah, you've got to look at the resources and the amount of resources that men's footballers get in terms of medical support and you and know, even understanding and load kind of and blah, blah, yeah. blah, in a way that, that women's footballers just don't get across the board. That's got to be like your first start before. Yeah. We, I think the biology narrative sometimes gets into this like, Oh, frail women with their <laughs> yeah. like different knees, which just doesn't <laughs> like quite. It yeah. doesn't track enough for me. No, I I they, agree. They do say about the menstrual cycle though. Yeah, um, there's, there's been, been a, a bit slight more on research. That yeah, more likely. Um, but the problem is you can't just stop playing because you're yeah. in a certain part of your cycle as yeah. well because we'd yeah. miss twelve games a season. Yeah, or you know it's and that's just just in case or. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what can you actually the, the do? WSL games, you <laughs> so, exactly. If even if you do research, I still un, unless there's like, um, you know how we do like prehab exercises to warm our body up before we go and train stuff like yeah. that. Like unless there's something that can definitely prevent the chances of it happening. Of course, you're not going to prevent it 100. percent But unless there's something like that, like even if we have all this research, there's literally nothing we can do. Because like, it's, it's a just freak gonna accident's going to happen. Gonna happen, it's going to happen. Exactly, and sometimes it's contact, sometimes it's not contact. Like, I know Jessu on our team, the players just unfortunately landed on her and it's just gone. But the worst thing is, you know, as soon as you hear ACL, you Oof. know it's such a long-term injury. Yeah. I think with any other injury, even if it could take long, you're kind of like, oh, well, it could be this, it could be that, and you've got some hope, whereas that, it's just like, right, that's my season. 
what's it like as well as a player having that much time out like mentally because I just it must be so tough to and I know there's so many I guess what's what's good in the in the in the case of Beth Mead is like she'll have so many good people around her who've been through that not just in her team but because of the amount of ACL injuries in the game right now there are lots of people Chloe Kelly, Aoife Mannion, John Nobbs who can say I've been there this is how you get through it it's a long grueling rehab but this is how you do it but like what is it as like like as a player when you're just like sitting on the sidelines like it must be so shit yeah I mean touch wood the longest injury I've had is four months um where Which I did all still three... a long time though. yeah I mean I did all three ankle ligaments and it was when I was at Liverpool I did it in training and I was just blocking Katie Zellum's shot by like <laughs> literally literally heard my ankle oh. like both ways but my physio was like, oh, like it would just be two weeks, but we had Champions League. Two weeks? And so it was only the second time that I'd ever like qualified for the Champions League. And I'm thinking, I looked at the size of my ankle <laughs> and the pain that I had, and I'm thinking, <laughs> that's not two weeks. Case like, in point, there's for more resources. <laughs> yeah. Bad exactly. diagnosis. Um, but then I was out four months, so I missed the whole of the Champions League. Like We were knocked out oh, before yeah. I even got to kick a ball. So... It's frustrating, and I've it never. It could have been so different. That could have been your run. If well, you know, well. one touch wonder, I could have <laughs> yeah. finished the whole. You know, but, um, yeah. So, and I've never played in the Champions League since. So it's a, it's horrible. So for players, I know it's not, it's, it's not comparing the same, but like so, for Beth Mead with the ACL missing a World Cup, like it's huge. Like yeah. that's such a big tournament it comes around once every four years. She might not get another chance. I'm sure she will because she's still young enough she's but she a fantastic won't be in her player like yeah, it'd, be, it'd be different but she's yeah. on a high at the moment and then it's like you come crashing down and then it's hard to see your team and be positive all day every day I've been with so many players that have done ACLs and been around and it's as players we're always like oh how are you doing you probably don't want to get asked about your yeah. injury every mm -hmm. day because it's boring you say the same thing mm -hmm. probably 10 times a day you have to try and be happy two USA England games both alike in dignity. Don't know where I'm going with this, oh, but very, you're very comfortable today. <laughs> very what, you, Jesse, you're the you're the uh, literate literate one. Um, what's <laughs> I can't quote Romeo and Juliet off the okay. top of my head. So um, anyway, USA England in the men's World Cup snooze first. Mm. USA England at Wembley, and actually in the women's World Cup in 2019 fireworks. Uh, you guys will. I know everyone was watching the game. Worthing lads on tour. <laughs> Worthing FC massive. Is it How are those $9.99? How many pints is it for nine ninety? Three pints for nine ninety nine. Bargain <laughs> on the West Sussex coast. Everyone come down. <laughs> Where were you watching it, Becky? Um, I watched it at my local pub, the Duke of Sussex in Peckham. Good vibes? Uh, yeah, it was like the busiest I've ever seen it. Wow, okay. Um, it was good. Kate, where did you watch it? I, I know, just watched it at home. You watched it. I know the yeah. West Ham girls got together last Monday yeah. for the Iran game. Yeah. But this was a much much quieter affair. Yeah. I mean, I th maybe some people went out and watched it. I don't know. I was just like, oh, I'm just at home. I'm just going to stay at home and watch it. It was a stay-at-home kind of game. I was kind of glad been, I did. Really. It would have been yeah. disappointing if you'd gone out really hyped and then yeah. be like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my friend had people around at his house he'd just moved into and he was like really excited and there was like 20 of us and um, yeah, we had far more 
fun just like chatting about nonsense pinning the pinning one the one love armband <laughs> on harry kane than actually um watching the football but it was interesting i think coming off the back of that really chaotic fun game at wembley where we had so much var with just absolute chaos obviously a massive crowd um booing so much discourse <laughs> so, so much there's like zero discourse, discourse from this and like, this was on. just like everyone losing their minds because they thought england were going to win, win the world cup and then being like ah what do we do now um Jesse, I know you did a, a good tweet about it as well, just being like, you know, this is what this is what you get when you <laughs> Yeah, well it is funny, isn't it? Like the England the England men's versus USA men's are always dry and then the women's games are exciting. I mean, it's probably just the nature of the two teams, right? Yeah. I feel like USA, they always really want to get one over us. And we've never beaten them at a World Cup. No, so, I know. Um whereas I feel like when it's the women's, it's much more like two of the best teams in the world. Whereas yeah. England men's and USA men's. I don't think either of them are. No. Who would you, would you rather team. lose against USA women or USA men? USA women. Yeah, me too. Because they're actually good. Yeah. I think it would have been super embarrassing. I hate losing against USA though. It Women. <laughs> I did see an American after the game say they were out for a victory meal. Oh yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> that was actually tragic. That was really embarrassing. <laughs> Kate, who would you rather lose to? Oh... Uh... USA women. Really? Yeah. Guys. But they're good. It so is like tough, it makes though. sense. Yeah, because but then also it kinda hurts more. It hurts yeah, more. I hate the men. I think like, I hate them more. You, England men, I'd be like, you guys are idiots. Like you're just like whereas the World Cup twenty nineteen World Cup semifinal was like one of the worst nights of oh, my life. God, yeah, it, was it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, it was horrible. It was sickening. <laughs> I knew okay. we were gonna lose that when no one stepped up to take that penalty. No one was like no one did a Kate Lovett. Kate, if you were there, you'd be like, I'll take it. Yeah, but I would have had the same result. Would have missed it, but it's fine. You know, you had the right confidence there. That's what No one wanted Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Well, we could be going through it all again in Australia next summer. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I'd say the vibes took a slight knock in the Men's World Cup just a little bit after that USA game but Tuesday night back with Wales to do it all over again Rob Page um, I, I was like so like oh, oh yeah, yeah Becky's like keen <laughs> on this discourse to talk about everyone that's lagged off the one yeah. love armband yeah. and the revenge that's coming the revenge them. tour <laughs> the gay revenge yeah. Hazard done Hazard cursed Rob Page stupid. cursed so stupid that's I was going to say Gundogan like, this I, morning cursed I really like I was like, before the World Cup, I was like, yeah, it would be really nice for Wales to get through. I would like England and Wales to get through. And Rob Page said that, and I was like actively rooting against them <laughs> against Iran. And look, look what happened. <laughs> How's that concentrating on the football going for you, pal? It's true, Not though. Well. A lot of people aren't concentrating enough on the football for my life. As Taylor Swift said, karma is my boyfriend. Karma <laughs> is a god. <laughs> She's right. Um, also want to um, just shout out a few of the iconic women's football pundits who have transcended into men's football stuff. Not for the first time, obviously. There's a lot of people who have been doing that for years and years and years. But it feels like this Men's World Cup is more than there's ever been, really. You've got Karen Carney on ITV, Enya Luko on ITV. Yeah, they had the first all-women yes. pundit team. Yes, all-little really crew. Cool. Um, and then you've obviously got Alex Scott on BBC, Laura Georges. Was that good? Mm. Well, George is it George? You yeah, speak like French, George. George, yeah. yeah, not Georges. That's more like Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I may have missed some others, but that's all that's in the top of my head. But um, I think it's it's they've all been doing a, a really good job on their various little bits, and I feel like as well having be like existing very online. Um, I haven't seen too much. 
Oh no, Sha- Alex, Alex Scott was been. trending yesterday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me take that back. Yeah, if Alex Scott's trending, you know, you it's, know, it's, you know it's not good. Yeah. But I feel like all of them had done a really good job from what I've watched, and I think it's great to have I think them what as part helps of the coverage with them as well. Is I always think with when you've got men's pundits, they're always almost so close to the game and the players that they don't necessarily have the distance like required to give interesting analysis. Totally. Whereas when you've got like women who it's not their mates playing, basically, you just get a You can slag them off, yeah. You just get a better <laughs> perspective, I think, ultimately. And I think that's why... Like, no, I always, totally. I always think it's strange like how much we love, you know, the ex-pro. I know there's like interesting insight, but also it's like... I think you well, see yeah, that you on see Sky it, a lot. You with see the Sky it all the time when people just don't want to slag off. It was like with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, isn't it? So yeah. Sky Premier League. If you were if it took United and you Liverpool had a terrible one. game, I'd slag you off. Yeah. yeah oh, don't even worry about that. <laughs> Kate, you've done. Have you? You've done a few Sky. You've done. Have you done, you done Sky pundit games no, yet? No. No. Oh, no. call her up. No. Yeah. Let's get yeah, the call up. I'll be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> would you be there in like Dagny? Hey, Dagny never has a show. No, no, she's she's total hundred percent all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just want to end it on a little positive note because it it ain't easy doing that job, and I think all of them have been doing very well, especially in some games that have been really dry. Like it must be hard when you've watched first half of uh, Costa Rica, Japan. You're like, what are we going to talk about now? So, yeah, yeah long yeah. may it continue. Sorry, I actually don't have anything. To say. <laughs> Um, we've got more Conti Cup uh, legendary action this midweek. Uh, and then the WSL returns on the weekend. And Man United are going to be at Old Trafford, which is, you know, Exciting. a fun one. Um, anything else that anyone wants yeah, to Yeah, I actually highlight? have a statement to make. Oh, yeah. For anyone wondering. <laughs> Me and Flo. Oh. Not in a relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I wanted to you ask... You need to explain that. Okay. I, I also wanted to ask Kate if she's, if she's ever Googled herself. But basically... Um, Haven't if we all? You, if you Google uh, Flo Lloyd Hughes, uh, the suggestion that comes up is partner. <laughs> you click on that and it's a picture of Becky. <laughs> So, Becky, I meant to do it at the top of the show, but then we got distracted with Jill Scott winning I'm a Celeb. Becky really wanted to come on the show and set the record straight. Everybody to know. Because she's single as well. So, you know. Set the record straight that we aren't in a relationship. And we um, never will be. We big, never were. We're strictly business partners. <laughs> strictly business, not pleasure. Um, Kate, have you ever Googled yourself and what comes up? Um, Shall we have a go now? I think I actually only ever Googled myself just because I wanted to try and get a picture for something. <laughs> <laughs> so easy, I was like, nice. oh, easiest way to do it. Oh, your middle name's Leanne. It is, yeah. We're learning so much. <laughs> Kate Leanne Longhurst is an English footballer who plays as a midfielder or wing back for West Ham United in the FAWSL. Don't I mean, say my age. Not wrong. <laughs> no, no, we won't say your age. You're not wrong. Um, it all looks, you know, pretty good there. Fun facts. Nothing. Uh, no scandals. No scandals. <laughs> pretty clean. Partner? <laughs> <laughs> See who pops up. Oh, here Jenny we go. Party. <laughs> just a picture of yourself. <laughs> just, just me, myself, Google and I. Have worked you out, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Valentine's Day. West Ham women reveal their first date stories. February 2009. Save that for another day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, see you all next week, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. Uh, we'll see you on the socials. See you, uh, see you next week, and uh, yeah, have a good one. <laughs>